Welcome to the Sacred Roots Podcast. I am your host, Elie de Poisson. I'm the founder of the Sacred Roots Modern Mystery School, energy healer, international author, and speaker. It is my passion to bring to you ancient and modern wisdom to help you live a soul-led life in alignment with who you came here to be and lead an abundant business, but the feminine way, with flow, ease, and intuition. This podcast is a sacred space where we are going to connect over solo episodes and with powerful guests that will empower and enlighten you on your spiritual path. Thank you so much for having me in your private space. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the teachings and integration practices that are coming your way now. Hello, my beautiful souls, for another episode of the Sacred Roots Podcast. Today, I've decided to talk about something that is a little bit more vulnerable, I guess we could say. I'm going to share a bit of a story with you of what I went through this January. There was a moment where I was feeling actually pretty depressed for no obvious reason and actually being curious and really diving to why am I feeling like that? Why is this emotion, this energy sometimes popping up in my life? It was actually really healing because it brought a lot of clarity on what a part of me still needed. And now that I've done this work, I feel so much more whole. I mean, I have let go of so much <laughs> this month of January. I'm going to dive into that as well. So much so that I was like, I need to cut my hair. I need to let go of my hair as really a way of symbolizing everything that I have let go of. Your hair also contains energy. And we, if you look at the chemicals and the molecules of your hair, you can trace back what kind of emotions you went through in that whole time that that hair was growing. And so I wanted to let go of that past somehow because I feel that I'm really stepping into a whole new way of being, a whole new way of expressing myself. That is more authentic. And one of the things that I am stepping into is being more, more soft. If you follow me on Instagram, you know that this is my word. Oh, I actually did a podcast on this as well. I forgot the end of 2022. I did a podcast on softness because this is my word for 2023. I learned to, or more, I know how to be strong. I know how to push through. I know how to show up. Never explain, never complain. But I'm here to learn a different way of being in this lifetime, which is more around softness. And honoring the softness inside of me, which I haven't honored for a really long time. I wasn't honoring my sensitivity. That's a whole other story. Maybe we'll get into it. Feels like it's coming through. Maybe that wants to be shared as well. And so I'm really learning to be soft and vulnerable. So I'm saying this because for the strong woman that I am, showing my vulnerability is very uncomfortable. <laughs> So this vulnerable story that I'm going to share, it might be a gift. It might be the medicine that some of you need to hear. And this is why I'm sharing it. But it's also medicine for me because I'm learning that it's safe to open my heart to share that I'm not perfect. Yeah, stepping into that more. All right, story time. So in this month of January, I've been doing an embodied science of breathwork training. So it's one month where we would come together as a group twice a week to learn about the science behind breathwork, the nervous system, breathing patterns, the brain. And then we would breathe together and we would see how that scientific approach to the breath and to the brain and the nervous system was actually landing into our bodies and then allowing certain things to come up. And I've always loved breath work and I just felt really a call to do that training. And it was really beautiful because I didn't know what it was going to bring up. I just knew I had to do it and I was open to welcoming whatever wanted to express itself. 
One of the first things that came up during our sessions is my inner child, my six-year-old, and how she felt really lonely. She felt not seen, not worthy, and very lonely. Like she was longing home and she felt unworthy. I just shared with you how it's hard for me to be vulnerable because that actually started when I was a child. My mother always said that, she still says to this day, when you were a child, you were this strong little girl who never needed help, who, who was just showing her strength. And that was the image or the behavior that you had. And I found out recently that that was actually very much connected to the past life, if you believe in past lives, where I was a warrior and where I would fight and I got hit pretty badly by a sword in my shoulder. And I was just this kind of woman that was like, never complain, never explain. It's okay. I'm not in pain. Just keep going, keep going. Because there was no room for vulnerability at the time. Or in that life, at least, there was no room for vulnerability. And so I came kind of with that behavior, with that pattern in this lifetime. And I probably learned as well from observing my parents or from experiences they've had where I was bullied and then came home and then talked about it and maybe didn't feel fully received. Or maybe I was fully received, but wanted more doesn't really matter what created it, but I was just this little girl that was very, very, very sensitive, seeing a lot of things, feeling a lot of things and just not expressing them, keeping it all to herself. And so that turned out to show up as loneliness because I was kind of building walls around me because we actually connect through vulnerability. Because when you're vulnerable, you open your heart, you're real, you're authentic. And when two people sit in front of each other and open their hearts and dare to be vulnerable, to let down the walls, the protections, the masks, they connect at a really deep level. And you really create intimacy like that. So I had put up those walls around my heart and I was just always happy, always kind, always smiling, of course, because I also figured out that's how you're loved. And it really became a pattern in my childhood, in my teenage years, in my adult years, to the, to the point that it actually really defines almost who I am today. This strong girl that is sensitive as well, but always smiling, always happy. And so while all those emotions came up in that breathwork session, a few days later, I actually started feeling depressed. And I was having, I was sick as well. I was having gut issues. I had a bacteria and there's also a really strong connection between the gut and the brain. You know, when you barely can't eat anything and you're always in pain when you eat, of course, you're not really happy, but I was really feeling depressed. And I was like, what is this emotion that is coming up right now? And I then realized there was a pattern in my life. There was this pattern where I would have everything, the job, the money. Now I have an amazing husband. We are living in Bali. I mean, we are living the dream life. I have an amazing child that brings so much joy to my life. It's so funny. And yet here I am feeling depressed and like I'm longing home. And I don't understand why. And I get into this rabbit hole of what's the point of life? Why are we all alive? Why were we created? What are we here to learn? Maybe nobody would care if I disappear. So I get into a very deep downward spiral. And so I was really getting myself into a downward spiral. And like I said, at the same time, it's interesting because I was feeling all the feels and being really low and also observing myself. And through that observation, I really noticed a pattern where I remember when I just moved to Squamish four years ago, I was really happy most of the time. And then suddenly I would feel depressed and I would be like, do I really belong here? Is Squamish my place? What's the point of my life? Again, with all these existential questions, we were thinking of buying a house and I was like, is this really the place for me? And then I would tell myself, well, you know, you just moved here a year ago and then COVID started. 
it takes time to grow roots in a place. So give it a chance. So I would just, it would always pass. I would always find a way to let go of those emotions through dancing, singing, just welcoming them. And then they would go away. We bought the house. We moved into the house. We had Benji. It was amazing months where this little angel was in our life. And when he was about five, six months, he wasn't sleeping much, still waking up every two hours at night. So mama was pretty tired and it was the middle of the winter. And I got into that word spiral again. What am I really doing here? Is this place for me? I'm feeling depressed. Um, I'm stuck in the house the whole time. It's raining the whole day long because I can tell you it rains a lot in Squamish. It's probably one of the cities where it rains the most on the whole planet. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that. <laughs> Come from Belgium where it rains a lot. And I'm a sun being. I'm a sun girl. I need sun. I have this beautiful olive skin that loves the sun. And so when I don't have my amount of sun, I start to feel low and depressed, let's be honest. So I started taking vitamin D, you know, I'm always doing what I can to not sit in these emotions, but I was really observing this pattern. And then I thought, oh, well, it's maybe I just had a baby. I need to give myself time. It's hard. And then it got better. Spring arrived. I started to work on the launch of my mystery school. I got really, really excited by that. And then we moved to Bali and then Bali was a whole worldwide in itself. But as soon as we got settled in this beautiful house that we are in right now, Again, this feeling of depression, not knowing what the point of life is and not feeling home came up. So this time I was like, all right, I can keep blaming the external and being like, I need time to settle down. Maybe it's Kwamish. Maybe it's because I'm a mom. Maybe it's because I just moved to Bali. The truth is that this emotion keeps popping up. So what is this? And what is this trying to tell me? Because obviously I haven't understood the message yet. And so as I was breathing through these emotions in the next sessions, and allowing my inner child to talk to me more, I also felt really called to get support from a counselor, just to talk it through and really understand what that part of me was trying to tell me. So I did a beautiful IFS session. If you don't know what IFS is, I think it stands for inter interfamily system. That's what it stands for. And it's the idea that we have different parts within ourselves, the mother, the father, the baby, the protector, the, the ambition one, the loving one, and all these parts communicate with each other. And sometimes it's hard to reach parts inside of you because you have the protector. And so in this IFS, in this IFS modality, what you do is that you connect with the protector first. You talk with it. You have this internal dialogue led by a therapist. And then once the protector is happy to go, then you ask the protector to show you what is protecting. And so it was really beautiful because my protector was this iron feather that was slicing my head in two. And this iron feather was saying, uh, you are not enough. And so it's interesting because every time that pattern of feeling depressed and longing for home came up, it would also bring emotions of really unworthiness and purposelessness. And I realized that every time something would happen, whether it's like a comment on a post or my sales not going as well as I want them to go or a hard conversation with someone I love, it would trigger unworthiness in me. And then it would actually bring up that sense of being depressed and not feeling like I belong or not feeling like I'm home. So home for me is really that sense of just being fully myself and being with the people that I belong with. And so this, this IFS session bring up the feather who was telling me, you're not enough. Are you enough? And it was slicing my head into, it was slicing my life into, because while I have everything, I still had that emotion come up. And it was, yeah, almost like a dissociation. It was weird. 
And so we worked with the feather, we talked with the feather, and then suddenly it became a red feather that was really feminine, very sensual, like a Moulin Rouge kind of feather. It changed texture and it said, all I want you to do is to dance. And it started dancing, getting out of my head, being really joyful, and then it went into my pocket. And then we asked the feather, can you show who you are protecting? And there she was, the six-year-old who was actually also connected to the two-year-old. And the two-year-old is, I didn't really have a clear image, so we connected with the six-year-old, but the two-year-old was there as well. And so when I was two, my sister was born. And so I obviously felt something at that moment that I wasn't able to express because I wasn't able to talk. And I'm not here to blame anyone. It's nobody's fault, but it's my responsibility to take care of what it created inside of me. And so because my sister was born and then my mother probably took more care of her than she took care of me, that created something inside of me. That was then really more present when I was six because the emotion of that six-year-old was, I don't feel seen. I don't feel loved really for who I am. I don't feel met. I feel lonely and I'm longing for home. Even though I was home and that was all I knew, I was longing for home, my spiritual home, a place where there's only love because I was actually feeling like I was lacking love. And that is just due to my sensitivity because the truth is that I was receiving a lot of love. You know how. It's very interesting because I'm not here to blame my parents or anyone, but sometimes things happen and just the way we perceive them is very different to the reality, but we still need to take care of how we perceive them because it's awakening something in us for a reason and it can be connected to a wound, it can be connected to a past life, but if it's our perception, it has all the right to be there. It has all the right to be validated because that's our truth, but it's also our responsibility to take care of our truth. If that truth is uncomfortable, painful, and making us feel depressed. And so I connected with that six-year-old and it was really beautiful. We sat in my garden where I used to live. We had a really beautiful house with a big garden. And I used to love to sit under the willow tree. There was a swing and so I would go on the swing and then I would lay on the grass, connect with Mama Earth. I love to lay on the grass with my arms and my legs wide open. And then I would look at the willow tree in the sky and I could spend hours doing that. I just loved being there. It was kind of my safe space. And at night, I remember I would take my telescope and I would look at the moon and the stars with my telescope because I was obsessed by the moon and the stars. When I was a kid, I had all the books about the universe, the planets, the constellations. And to the point that my parents bought me that telescope. Of course, now that I'm a spiritual teacher, I can see how I was actually remembering my spiritual home, my star family, my soul family. And I was actually just wanting to connect with them through that telescope. But as a six-year-old, you don't really have the awareness because you don't have the knowledge. You don't know where it comes from. And so I would sit under that willow tree and I would just uh, be with myself. And so I reconnected with that little girl and I talked to her and she just wanted to be loved and to be seen. And we reintegrated each other. We put in a box all those limiting beliefs that she had that I'm not good enough. I doubt myself. Who am I to speak my truth? Um, nobody cares about what I actually have to say. I don't feel seen, met, understood. So we put all of that in a box and we let it go in, in the ocean, in another place on earth that I really like where we traveled together. 
And then I reintegrated her and she came into my room and she's still there right now. And what she wanted to do was to dance as well. Once we were together and we were one again, she said, I, all I want to do is play and dance. And as a little girl, I remember I was pretty serious. I was this wise girl. And that's how actually a lot of people remember me. Just being calm, just being very mature, being very wise. And I wasn't actually really the, the wild child that I wanted to be because I was just feeling and seeing so much that I didn't understand. And that was maybe too much to see for a child. But as I reintegrated her, now I really decided to measure the level of my success by the amount of moments that I have danced, loved and played in my day. And I decided that a few weeks ago now, and it feels really good because I can feel how she's playing much more. I'm playing much more in the mundane moments of life. When I'm giving a bath to my son and he's there pouring water from one cup to another, I put music on and I start to dance next to him. We did that yesterday and it was really funny because I was dancing and singing. And then when I would stop, he would be like, more, more, more. Can you dance more? <laughs> so then I would dance and sing more. And I would be like, okay, Benji, I'm getting hot now. No, more, more, more. So it was really sweet because he loved it. And so my son is teaching me so much about play and playfulness and dancing and just being your most authentic self. And it's really a gift that I get to reintegrate the child inside of me, listen to what she needs, which is just dancing and playing and loving. She has such a big heart and she just wants to love. And she has put so many walls around her, trying to hide her sensitivity, trying to hide her vulnerability, trying to just be strong hold the space for others, being that wise girl, mature girl for others. Because I was the oldest of three and that's just how I believed I had to show up. My brother was born when I was six as well. And I was always playing the little mother with, with him, feeding him, giving him milk, taking care of him. You have a lot of pictures where I'm holding him to the point that my mother was calling me little mother because that's just how I was showing up. And while that's really, really part of who I am, I'm sure you felt that motherly energy when you listen to me, when you watch my podcast, my reels on Instagram, or if you watch my podcast on YouTube. But I also have this very playful, very childish energy in me that really wants to come through right now. And so by allowing it to come through and doing that IFS session, something has deeply changed inside of me. And... I can pretty safely say that this emotion of feeling depressed, purposelessness, unworthiness, I think it's gone for good because I can feel this shift inside of me. I can feel more whole. I cut my hair. I feel much more playful with that short hair. Maybe it's, you know, little girls have shorter hair. At least I had pretty short hair when I was, when I was two and, and six. So yeah, I wanted to share this story with you because I think that sometimes, and especially in the past three years, there's been so much, so much fear going on, so much. We've all been through stuff that destabilized us, that were hard, things we had to let go of, maybe part of our identity that we let go of. It's destabilizing and we have all felt depressed at some point. And what do we do with that? So I love to take care of my emotions through, of course, welcoming them, giving all the space that they need, crying, punching, screaming screaming, journaling. But then I also really like to use sound and vibration to bring my energy back up. I'm really sensitive to sound. As soon as I listen to the right song or sing, it completely shifts my mood. 
And so whatever that is for you, I really hope you can have a sacred practice to fall back to and a practice that you know brings you back into your center. Maybe it's just crying and journaling. Maybe it's dropping into breath and doing a breathwork session. Maybe it is singing, dancing like I do. And if you are also seeing that there is a pattern and that this emotion is coming up every once in a while for no obvious reason, there is a part of you that's trying to talk to you. Maybe it's a six-year-old, maybe it's a two-year-old. There's so much conditioning. As adults, we are so much of what happened to us between zero and seven. And a lot of it is unconscious. And again, it's no fault, but it's our responsibility to take care of it. And so I hope this episode resonated with you and might have brought some hope in your life. It's a little bit different than what I usually do, but I felt called to open my heart to you. Thank you for listening to me and I will see you in the next episode.